Welcome to CooperCast, Go Ask Al, episode 30. This is your host, Al's Pelican, John Sachs. We go on for a while, starting from a listener's question about writing music for and fitting into a band. At the end, Nilly the Dog adds a brief canine retort. Nathaniel says, Hey Al, 25-year-old fan here. I first found out about you while watching No Direction Home a few years back. Then I dove a little deeper and found out how big your fingerprint is on a lot of the music I love and cherish. That would be fingers print. Fingers print. I, uh, I'm in a rock band and do most of the songwriting. I was wondering if you've had success trying to write specific types of material or if it's better just to do what comes naturally. No question to do what comes naturally. Don't try to write a certain shtick write what you need to write. Well, I mean, there were things I admired and I wanted to write something like that. Okay. So there's that. What was amazing was I was uh, a little influenced. I I would have to check when he came along. I was very influenced by Donny Hathaway. Hmm. I totally got what he was doing. Hmm. And then he ended up recording one of my songs. Yeah. And that was amazing. Right. Well, he says, this uh, fellow Nathaniel says, uh, some of my bandmates can be pushy for songs that sound a certain way, and it really grinds my gears sometimes. Am (laughs) I being stubborn, or should I stick with what works for me? Well, in the Blues Project, we just divided up the songs each guy wrote, with the exception of Danny Kalb. Mm-hmm. But he had a, a strong sense of Americana. He got all his material from yeah. from that. Uh, but uh, like the bass player wrote flute thing. Well, you wrote it for him, didn't you? Well, that's right, I did. <laughs> but I mean, but but um, but he he said to me early on because hmm. he knew that I wrote a lot. If right. you could write something for me, that'd be great because then I could play flute in the band. Yeah. And so, I don't know if I ever discussed this before. Well, we did talk about um, the Blues Project in some detail, and Flu Thing was certainly one of the things that was really iconic about it. But I got that from this jazz LP that I had. This was before CDs. Yeah, we did talk about that. You took the ending that somebody else did, and you morphed it into into, uh, Flu Thing. Well, he played uh, the the equivalent of a glissando at the end of a song. Right. And and that's what he played. He went ba 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 da ba ba da ba ba da bum ba like that. And at the time I was playing guitar. Mm. So I wanted to learn that. Right. So I learned it. Yeah. And I I tried to use it, you know, and I thought I got to have something for Andy. Yeah. And I thought why don't I take that lick and just make it a song? It seemed like a very natural flute thing. It seemed like it really fit with what the flute wanted to do. Well, he did that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the early blues project was very clearly open to all kinds of things because you did blues and you did Eric Anderson and you did Donovan. You did all kinds well, of Well, th- no, that was because of what what each person brought wanted to do. Right. 
you know, the, the if you say Donovan, then you, you, you're Steve Katz. Yeah. You know? And, you know, so each person brought different stuff in. In flute thing, yeah. we had a drum solo. I forgot that, yeah. As we played it, we gave solos to each person. Yeah. And to have a drum solo, we had to all stop playing. Right. So that's what we did. Yeah. And then, and then he would play a, a drum lick that would say that he was done. Okay. And and at the end of the drum lick, we'd all go, bum 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 and play the last verse. Right. But the drum solo was the the last of the solos. But I'm just thinking in general, because you've you've been in bands, you led bands, you started Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and I mean, even if you look at, you know, the story of the Beatles, McCartney kind of wanted to do one thing and Lennon kind of wanted to do different things. Clearly, McCartney was more poppy, pop-oriented than the rest of the band. But so for a while, they managed to make it work really well. And this guy's talking about this year. He's in a band and they want it. The rest of the guys want a certain kind of song and he wants to write something else. It seems like this fellow almost has to decide, does he really want to be in the band or does he want to be a singer-songwriter? No, the other people in the band have to decide if, if, they, if they want to do another song, they have to find it mm. and not uh, uh, throw it around his neck to write it. Yeah, it doesn't he seem... Writes, he writes what he writes. Right. And if they want to do something else, yeah. then write it. Yeah. Or or deliver it, take it from somewhere else, yeah. and bring it in and suggest doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it it's clear. I've been in a lot of bands. You've been in a lot of bands. So I know this. There's a chemistry that either works or doesn't work in the bands. If they don't, if they don't want your songs. Yeah. In blood, sweat, and tears, they just didn't want me. In fact, yeah, they want they liked your songs. They just didn't want you. Yeah, so uh, so that was that. Right. And, but they sort of conspired behind my back. Yeah. Instead well, of discussing it. So, after that, in general, you... homie, homie, homie didn't go in no more bands after that. Exactly. After that, you said, "Screw it! I'm going to be Al Cooper and play the music I want and hire the people I want and not fight with a band members about what the band is about." But you know what this fellow's bringing up to me is like, he's in a band and he seems to be the writer for the band, but the band wants a certain shtick and he wants. And to me, this is like sort of representative of the whole issue of being your own dude as opposed to being in a band. I'm just thinking about bands like Jagger and Richards have been doing it for like well over half a century because they understand that... Well, I was involved with that. Right. So I I can tell you about that firsthand. Yeah, you played with them and, and... it, it it doesn't seem like it was absolute. Well, at that time when you were with them, Jones was still around, but he wasn't really be very active. He didn't anymore. play. 
So did you? It, it didn't ever seem like it was absolutely Keith's band or or Jagger's band. It was the Stones, and it seemed like. Well, it was, <laughs> it was, Keith and Mick's band. Keith and Mick's band, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's still two guys who managed to decide together. This is what we're going to do. I know that I've listened to interviews and read stuff by by Keith. It's mostly because they wrote everything. Yeah, yeah. unless they did cover stuff. Uh, but they had, they were able to between them forge a single kind of vision about what this thing was going to be about. Whereas uh, I still think when you listen to the Beatles, it's almost there's a lot of songs where it's like this is purely McCartney, and this other song is really really kind of Lennon. Uh, oh, you hear like yesterday or or you know uh, Michelle. That's just pure McCartney. You know, the other guys didn't even need to be there for those, practically. That I think that there was more cohesion inside the Stones about what it was about than there was in the Beatles. Yeah, but in the Beatles, yeah. uh, they, they trusted and took important information from George Martin. Right, right. In, in the Rolling Stones, they took no information <laughs> from whoever was producing it was purely Mick and Keith. Uh, well, I mean, anyone that took credit for producing them yeah. did not produce them. Oh, really? Yeah. This has been CooperCast Go Ask Al, episode 30, brought to you by Flute Things. And you can also submit questions for Al at alcooper.com on the CooperCast page. Oh, <laughs>